Thanks for listening to Middle Aged and Mediocre. I'm Cash. I'm Joel. And uh, we are a podcast about all things strange and unusual, death, UFOs, and other creepy, Cults. weird, random shows. There you go. Yeah. Not uh, just naming things in the room. Oh my god. There's a cult of ghosts. This is uh, Joel. Cash is counted down and pointed at me again. I probably don't have to tell you guys that part because you, you can't see us anyway. But that's how he wants to start the shows now. He counts down and points at me. And I'm ready for it. It's my favorite way to do this. <laughs> ah, there he is. Yeah, I, I wasn't here. sure if he was going to talk or not. Uh, I'm Joel. And that's, uh, that's, that's Cash. I'm Cash. Tomorrow's his birthday. Yep. Happy birthday. Tell him about the sticker I got you, buddy. You got me a sticker. Yeah. I think it's... I wanted to live re- like live record your reaction to this sticker. We already, we already, It already happened, though. Yeah, I know. So we can't. That's why I said I wanted I'm to. I'm not a very good actor, so... Yeah. So... No, but it's... I guess this is a very good sticker for me. Because, <laughs> Life-changing. So it, it has a little adorable pug. Uh-huh. And he's like just his front paws and his head. Yeah. And then it says... And I cannot agree more with this. <laughs> Sometimes you just have to say "pug it." Pug it. And you know what? Sometimes I do just have to say "pug it." Since Beasley's a pug, I got you that. He's not. He's not. He's not. God damn, that dog is ugly. <laughs> Beasley's not a pug. That's the only reason I got that sticker. He's my knife. <laughs> he is uh, sh- part Shih Tzu. Oh, okay. Part something else. Is it part Bulldog? Can I call him Bullshit Tzu? Nope, he's not Bulldog. Is that Dumb and Dumber? Yeah. Okay, yeah. I thought so. No, but he he's no... <laughs> but I love pugs. Yeah. Uh, and now, next time life gets to you and you're really upset and really mad, I want you to stop and say, Pug it. Pug it! <laughs> Pug it! <laughs> Pug you, pug you, pug everyone. You're poodle. Pug Not you. Poodle, you're cool. <laughs> you're poodle. Pug you. That's why I said poodle. Oh, Because okay. it kind of rhymes. Poodle. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> this I is why I should start episodes. I do thank you. Yeah, I'm you're welcome. I will find a place for that. I have a notebook that I've been trying to write some st- uh, <laughs> movie in. All I'll right. Put that sticker on there. Good. And think of me every time. Yeah. yeah. Say pug me. But hey, we're back for another episode. Yeah, middle aged and mediocre. Uh, I brought the middle aged, and I will always have the mediocre. Yep, me too. Though. Uh, I uh, what was I gonna? Oh, I know what I wanted to talk about. I'm well, sure you're dying to talk about it. No, it's I don't I don't as long as it's not like anything with the Oscars. It is the Oscars. Uh, I wanted to talk about. The big news coming out of the Oscars. Oh, that was... I'm so tired of hearing the about the Oscars. Mind, I'm tired of hearing about Coda it. Coda won the Best what? Picture Award. Coda? Coda. Dakota? South Dakota? Just North Coda. Dakota? Just Coda. All right. I, have you watched it, Best Picture? I have not watched it. I didn't watch the Oscars, but I, I people, motherfuckers, but, uh, they're talking about it. Chris are, Rock. Well, of course they're talking about it. It's yeah. the 94th annual <laughs> 94th? award show. Wow, that's old. I, I didn't think it was that old. Chris Rock. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because Chris Rock. and Yeah. Uh-huh. This was Chris Rock's third time hosting. That's what everybody knows? Everybody. That's what everybody's <laughs> been talking about. Three times. Wow. Third the, time. It's the turkey. 
I mean, gobble, 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 gobble. You know, everybody just wants to keep bringing up what happened. Though. Yeah. They want to bring up how in 2005 he hosted. <laughs> I'm so tired of hearing about 2005, Chris Rock. Million dollar baby. What are you doing right now? What? Million dollar baby? Best picture, 2005. 2005. Oh, wow. Time. But, I mean, you know, once people get over the initial shock, like, <laughs> 2005 is when uh, Million Dollar Baby was around. Uh -huh. That's how long. That's, yeah. That was that long ago. That was 94 years ago. 2016. <laughs> what happened in 2016? He oh, time. he tasted it then? Spotlight won Best Picture. Spotlight. Spotlight. That's, um, that's been the real conversation. <laughs> I, mean, I don't think I've ever heard of Spotlight. Really does it have a beginning, middle, and then? It does. Oh, okay. So it's a movie. That's why it won Best Picture, huh? So well, I think what you're failing to mention, though, is, like, the whole Will Smith. Oh. Well, um, yeah, Will Smith. Yeah. Uh, you know, not the first time uh, the guy, he won Best Actor. Yeah, he won, well, yeah. It's not the first time he was nominated. Well, it's what happened before he won Best Actor. Right, he was nominated for it before, back in 2002, for Ali, where he lost to Denzel Washington oh. on training day. So, yeah, you're right. People were talking about what happened <laughs> what? before. Where are you getting this stuff now with the what Will Smith? Whenever he you was mean in 2007, <laughs> when he was also nominated for Best Actor uh -huh. for Pursuit of Happiness, did he win? He lost. Oh, he lost. To Forrest Whitaker. Did anything, anything, anything like else happen that year? And that Exciting? Year? No, no big things. But I mean, if you really want to talk about what really started all of this conversation, uh huh, and like what led to all the talk of the Oscars, the talk, you really got to go back to <laughs> 1929. We do. Yep. That was when the first Oscars aired. Uh, what do you, who do you think won Best Picture? What movie? Uh, Jesus, The Birth of Jesus Wrong, Christ. Idiot. Oh, gee, oh. <laughs> I'm the idiot. It was Wings. Wings! Uh-huh. Okay. Not the show. No, not the show. Apparently the movie. No. And yeah. if you want to talk about controversial Oscar happenings, uh -huh. this Oscars, the first one ever, was 15 minutes long. 15 minutes <laughs> yes. long? yes. So, yeah, that's really the Oscar wrap-up right there, I think. But, I mean, you kind of left out a big moment. Hmm. I don't think I did. All right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you a hint, okay? Oh, well, why do you, will you be leaving? Ow! Shit! Shut the fuck up! Joel just slapped me. <laughs> that's all the talk's been about. I'm tired of hearing about it. Well, let's talk about it. Now, after all that bullshit, I'm ready to talk about anything other than other Oscar shit. No, it seriously has been. So uh, I guess that is better than actually hearing about the Oscars is hearing about yeah. the slap. <laughs> what if, like, that was all the talk? Because what the fuck is Coda? I don't know. No one knows. North Dakota. Uh, I saw four of the Best Picture nominees. Uh -huh. I saw Dune, uh, Nightmare Alley, uh, fuck, two more of them. But, yeah. Like... At least one of those had to be better. Than, I don't know what Coda is. I don't. Th I'm pretty sure what I read about it said Paramount Plus, so it's like so, wasn't even. Which I know recently movies there hasn't been a lot of the, you know, a lot of the movies have gone kind of straight to like like that Nightmare Alley. Like it yeah. was, it was in its own Nightmare Alley for a couple of years trying to get released. Right. So that was a good movie. I did see that one. So, as far as I'm concerned, Nightmare Alley should have won. Because that is the one movie. That's the one movie, the one so movie I watched of all of them. Why did I waste my time watching it if it wasn't a <laughs> Yeah. That's like a long movie, man. It is. He just, movie now he just turns movie. into a geek. Yeah. Spoiler. Really? I really wish they would have just kept him. Uh, 
I mean, I would. I, I like the movie, but yeah. I would have just kept him at the carnival. Yeah. And like explored that world with him. There's a lot there, and then he just kind of left and then it. it. Just goes away. Yep. Yeah, and then they show back up for like five minutes. Yeah. And he's so. a geek. Uh, but no, the slap. Of course. Right, is your face okay? I'm sorry. It hurts. Your beard it helps stings. a little bit. It, 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 it take a lot of the impact. Uh-huh. My so hand good. really hurts. Good. <laughs> <laughs> well, I turned real quick and bit it. <laughs> See, uh, Chris Rock closed his eyes, tucked his chin, and leaned into it, which some people say he was in on it. Oh, this thing's becoming who shot JFK. <laughs> Like, the way people are breaking this thing uh-huh. and slow-mowing the video, and you see here how he turns And, like, why would Will, like, reach all so far back? You know, it was just such, like, a thea- thea- theatrical, yeah. like, slap. Well, to hear... Like, I'm surprised he didn't take off his gloves and then, like, smack him in the face with his gloves and challenge him to a dude. To hear some comedians tell it, it's the single worst incident <laughs> to ever happen, uh... In our history. I, I wonder if Chris Rock even wrote that joke. I doubt it. Because there's so many writers for the Oscars and just like, how how invested in that joke was Chris Rock? Not at all. It, honestly, was it that? Like, I don't I know. Even know if like, G.I. Jane was hot as fuck and Jada looked hot. She looked hot as fuck too. She was a pretty lady that night. Okay? I don't know if anybody actually wrote that or if it just <laughs> sort of was like. Did it happen? Oh, Did hey, I dream it? Yeah. You know. And just stop out. a very easy joke that everyone could write. And I thought, and some people were like, so there's not going to be a G.I. Jane 2? Like, now there needs to be a G.I. Jane 2 with fucking Jada Pinkett Smith! Uh, so the main, like, I'm, I think it's, if it's, if it, if it's legit, I think it's crazy that they let Will Smith just hang out. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, are you done smacking people now? Okay, you're back to your seat. He's done, everybody. That's insane to me. Uh, but, yeah, the way people are overreacting to this. Keep my wife's name out of fucking mouth! Like, I guess, uh, who's the Roastmaster guy? Je- oh, uh, Jeff-, Jeff Ross. Jeff Ross yeah. posted a big thing about how he was crying. <laughs> yeah, to see his idol get... Yeah. Um, uh, oh, what's, uh... The guy that you let me borrow his book, the uh, Apato, Jed Apato, is that the one he wrote? Like he could have killed yes. him, <laughs> then, like he yeah. deleted that, but by it's too late. He got screenshotted yeah. and people seen it. But I like, and then like Tom Segura was on the Pat McAfee show. Yeah, right? I did see that man. He went hard yeah. at Will Smith, and he tweeted a bunch of shit too, like calling Jada like a bald headed bitch and just like. But all of these guys, like. So here's my thing. This has been happening. I've been this idea has been in my head for a while now, but this really sent it over the top. I think I hate stand-up comedians. <laughs> I, I have never seen a more easily offended group. Yeah. And just uh, self-righteous, self-righteous. Like they're the ones that are always like, you know, we can joke about anything. Yeah. Hate. The first thing that even slightly comes at them, like, I yeah, I know it was a guy getting up and smacking him. Trust me, people have had that idea way before Will Smith did it on TV. Uh-huh. Like, to go up and smack a comedian. Yeah. Oh, uh, there's plenty of times. There's been a bunch of videos that have resurfaced since that I've seen in the past of just, you know, different comedians getting attacked on stage yeah, and stuff. Yeah, this is nothing new. Yeah. 
But, to but me, it's just two incredibly rich men on a huge stage, yes. you know, like just both of them very much in the public's eye. I mean, I'm sure this stuff happens at open mics all over the country. I would and imagine just, it has to. With just like the level of shit comedians yeah. and comics that are out there. Because myself included. I mean, but I always joke about myself. So like I beat myself up after right. the shows. Well, there's like so many, you know, open mic guys that the only thing they know how to do is like go out and just be as... Edgy and yeah, just, just as offensive as yeah, possible. Yeah, yeah. But I just the whole thing. Can you think of any? Mo, it's all performer. Like, I guess all performance artists. Yeah. Decide that's what they're going to do. Like they decide this is what I'm doing now. There's really not like an application process. Yeah. It's more of can you do it or can't you? Mm-hmm. So you just kind of go do it, and you either become good at it or you don't. So, but. Like, no one hires you to do this. No one, like... Yeah, you're not recruited. Recruits you to do this or <laughs> begs you to do this. So, like, I... The fact that... I don't think wrestlers do this as much. Because wrestlers, if people hate you and say shit about you, you're just kind of like, I don't give a fuck if they yeah. or not. Like, most of the time, pay, that's your pay, job. They pay money for a ticket. Yeah, the bad guys want, want them to hate them and stuff. But comedians feel like this thing where it's like, first of all, we're allowed to say anything we want. Yeah. And you cannot get mad because we make the rules. And <laughs> you can't get mad They're about just it words. Yeah. And I agree. You can't joke on things, but I think there's like there's limits to what you should be able to say still. Like, I used I don't to be know. pretty firmly on the side of, hey, nothing should be off limits yeah. with a comedy show. But no, I've kind of switched around. And I just think it's a ridiculous thing that, they, that comedians just say, like, no, you have to, you have to let us say yeah. anything we want because we're a comedian. Yeah. No one asked you to be one. <laughs> like, yeah, you were appointed at birth. I think podcasts by comics have ruined comedy for me. Yeah. Because, like... You, I think being in comedy has ruined comedy yeah, for me. I mean, that definitely didn't help doing it for a little while. Yeah. I was kind of just like, this kind of sucks. I haven't done it since last year, last December. So, yeah. I'm four months clean. <laughs> I just think I started hearing way too many comedians, like, be who they are. Yeah. And, and, like, there are some real jerk comedians. Like, that was so, like, just so soft and such is just, like, a harmless joke. And, like, I've been in rooms where, like, just comedians have gone hard at audience yeah. members. I'm like, God damn, he needs to get his ass kicked. I'm right. like, like, don't interrupt the show and shit like that. But, like, I've seen some shows where people, like, some comics go really, really hard at people. And, like, I've never understood that because, like... But that's but I'm not the one to be like you should never do that you know it's just different styles but it's just I don't know I think it all comes down to taste and I don't think his joke was that distasteful I think it's just no. Will Smith's an emotional being well, right I, now somebody posted the video of uh, some random talk show type thing that yeah. Will Smith and Jada did yeah she had like a Facebook show and she would talk about she would talk about fucking like her yeah. son's 18 year old friend saying Will Smith is bad at sex and yeah, like, like Will Smith crying and people making fun of Will Smith for crying over that and like that's bullshit yeah like yeah it's like, fine that he cries uh-huh. but like I watched that I watched a clip of that show and just the way like you can just tell that like Will Smith sitting there like Yes, yeah, that's, yep, fine. That's what you're saying. These things are fine. And inside, he's You should like, fuck an 18 year old. Yeah, I just. Like, uh, you know, you could tell. So I'm sure he has been carrying around. Yeah, a lot of shit. And yeah. then just. But I, it, it all could have been stayed. And the way, yeah, the way the camera cut to the back, like, 
you know, like, well, I guess it was trying to catch what he was doing, you know, like, maybe Chris Rock thought he was going to come up on stage and, like, try to joke with yeah. him, or, like, there's just so many, like, I'm sorry, like, I hate, I hate to sound like a hippie, but violence is not the answer, and there's, like, people on Facebook, I wish I had a man that would defend me like that, he's defending his woman, like, defend her from what, the words are out right. there, you can't stuff him back in Chris Rock's mouth, and when you do that, it just brings more attention to it, and now even more people are talking about Jada, and it's like, you didn't defend her from shit, like, go up there when you're accepting speech, and, like, Start crying about how much it hurt that he made that joke and how much you love Jada and how great she is to you. And, like, you smack him and it's just, you're you're yeah. a punk, man. That's like, just, that's such a punk move. It would have been better to, in the back, go up to Chris Rock and just be like, you say some shit about, like, go fucking apologize yeah. to her. You know, like, say and maybe that's that. happened in the past. Maybe, maybe they've had arguments yeah. where I don't know because I don't really give a fuck. So I'm, I'm perfectly fine with, like, so. I have both sides. Like, if you want to say some shit, you should uh-huh. have to say whatever you want. Yeah. But if the person you're saying it to or somebody around them wants to come up and smack you in the face for it, uh-huh. that's their yeah, that's their choice. But, but then, then they've person, made that choice, and now you reactively make a choice. All right, I've just been slapped in the face. Now what do I do? And I have a good feeling of what you would do. Well, I'm <laughs> saying in, in like the case for the Oscars, like oh, that's yeah. when like Will Smith should have been escorted out. Oh, I, I, because his immediately. choice should have led to <laughs> the consequence of being drug out of the thing yeah. and arrested. Imagine if Chris Rock would have just started throwing hands with him right <laughs> then. Like, Jerry, Jerry, Jerry. Oh, if, if it all was legit, then Chris Rock is the most patient, professional human yeah. being. I, mean, I don't. I couldn't have. I think if I'm smacked by another man, oh, open, an open I, I'm not saying I'm not like a big tough. guy. I'm not trying to sound like a big tough guy, but I think I would like see red. And there's no way I could just be like, oh, okay, that was weird. So anyway, yeah, like Chris uh, always laughed about it. He was like, what? Yeah. He's like, what? He's like. It was a G.I. Jane joke. Well, I'm definitely not going to be okay with it if I'm watching the guy just turn around and go back and sit down. Yeah. Like, I may be able to keep myself composed. If- and that was a bitch move. Like, don't smack someone, then turn around and walk off. Be like, smack him. Be like, all right, what yeah. now? Yeah. Well, just, you know, he gave Chris the chance to yeah. get from behind. The he opened him up so, he opened himself up so much with that smack. I just would uppercut him and then knead him in the gut and then got him in a headlock. And I would just give him the <laughs> biggest, biggest noogie. noogie yeah. <laughs> The whole time looking at Jada, just licking my lips, and, nah, 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 nah. and her pussy's getting all wet there, you know. And then and she goes, "Fucks that eighteen-year-old yep. And then the Oscars are over. You get her warmed up. <laughs> she goes and gives it to that guy. That uh, I can't believe I just said that. So <laughs> you can edit that out, right? I'm not going to. Where I talked about I the pee. I talked about the pee being wet. Yeah, but I'm going to. Okay, you. that's a wet ass pee. Yeah, you said it. I did. So uh, come smack me. That's a wet ass pee. <laughs> come smack. You are getting smacked now. Uh, I, you know, I dare you. I will just play. I already off. did. Oh, that's right. You <laughs> I just smacked yes, you. I forgot. <laughs> Ow. My face. Uh, well, let's get into this week's story. Oh, that's not it. No, that's not, re- that's okay. not it. This one's kind of a... Uh, th- this one is an adventure of... Like, this is exactly what every movie that, like, a guy is on top and then... Like fucking? No, 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 no. Uh, like on top of the world. Like, <laughs> oh, okay. You have everything, and then, you know, it all comes crashing down. Like sure. this, this recently happened. Is this the story of me? No, you, you've not had this kind of <laughs> okay. life, unfortunately. 
Uh, well, let's see. Okay, we'll tell this story. Then we'll go in the mine afterwards. Like it's front ended. It's front. It's front loaded with a whole lot of awesome shit. Okay. And then it all goes real bad. Okay. But like, if this hadn't, if this story would have happened like fifty years ago, mm-hmm. sixty years ago, I would assume that this is the blueprint for every one of those movies. All right. Of like the downfall of something. Yeah. Because it hits every note. Like it's pretty crazy. So, just gonna get into it. Uh, this is the long, strange journey of Steve Carroll, which is going to be very hard for me not to say Steve Carell sometimes. Yeah, so that's how I was like, in my brain, it was like a battle. I was like, Steve Carroll, I know him. Every time I look at the letters, I see Steve Carell. Yeah, anyway, so. That's what she said. <sighs> so a tall white man, <laughs> or a tall man with white hair, walks into a U.S. bank branch in Rolling Meadows, a middle-class suburb 25 miles northwest of Chicago. He has on black Illinois. Shorts. That's in Illinois. Uh, he has on. Do you say Illinois? Or I Illinois? did. I did. I did. Yeah. Is that what you normally say? Yeah, probably. Illinois. You gonna call me dumb again? Illinois. <laughs> Illinois. Oh yeah, Illinois. <laughs> uh, Sorry. Thanks for stopping the show to point out that I said it wrong. Maybe you're saying it right. Maybe I say it wrong. Nah, it's Maybe Illinois. it's not Illinois. I think it is Illinois. It makes more sense your way. There's an S in there. There is an S. It's a silent one. I couldn't spell Illinois right now for a million. I L L I N. Yep. Almost. O. Yep. S. Nope. Ah. O E S. Nope. What is it? O I S. O I S. You almost had it. Damn. I thought like I was like O H R O. It's like I L L I O. Yes. 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 Yeah, you can do it, I guess. It just doesn't roll off the tongue. <laughs> Fuck Illinois. That's why Ohio, though, like, those dummies have, have that song. Yeah. That's the only way they can remember how to spell their four-letter fucking state. They, they... O-H-I-O! Thank you. I forgot the other two. I hate when I hear that out public. Like, people do it. Like, how dare you connect with a stranger yeah. over a shared interest? <laughs> Fuck you. Over a shared living space. I don't get to share. I don't get to connect with anybody ever. And you're just going to connect with a stranger over something you both enjoy. Go to hell. Yeah. H-E-L-L. Go to hell. H-E-L-L. Yeah. Pug it. So, uh, the man had on black shorts and a sky blue polo shirt and looked like nothing other than a normal dude just out running errands. Uh, he walked into the bank, asked the teller for a withdrawal strip slip while making small talk, and then casually asked uh, if she knew bank policies. She did, she told him, and at that point, he pulled out a small black gun. <laughs> What's your policy say about this? He says, well, since you know bank procedures, this is a robbery. Put all of the cash on the counter. Uh... The robber uh, looked over at the teller next to that one and said, "No funny business. Give me your money as well." So the and, and that by. teller was just about to launch into a killer. Uh, she does an imitation of Carrot Top, but and no funny business. No funny so business. She had to she, put it away. She had to put all her props away. Yeah, it was right there. She's like, "I've been waiting for this moment." <laughs> no funny business. So the robber ended up leaving with $2,159. Well, I'm sorry, what year was this? Uh, 2018 uh, like ish. All right, so by today's standard, that's like $4 million. No. That's. No? No. Probably that's a, that's at least 10 gallons of gas by today's standard. $2,000 yeah. is almost 10 gallons. Yeah. Yeah, let's get it. You're going to fill your truck up. <laughs> Close. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, it had taken about five minutes. 
Photos of the robber from surveillance cameras soon appeared in the local papers, online, and on TV news. A friend emailed a photo to Rick Rasmussen in Las Vegas. Uh, he and his wife thought that it was a gag, and they couldn't stop laughing because the man looked unmistakably like Steve Carroll, whom they had known for years and with whom they'd started a business. Uh, Steve was a successful friend in any group he was a part of. Uh, he was the number two guy at J.D. Power & Associates and had a long resume as an executive major, an executive at a major American corporations. Uh, he was the guy who always picked up the check, the one who had the inside track financially, who inspired pride from those who hung around him. Um, he was always on the golf course having wild parties or uh, impressing people in high-powered meetings. When the Rasmussens realized it wasn't a joke, they contacted the police and the FBI uh, and emailed them about 30 photos of Steve Carroll. <laughs> so real quick turn on the guy. Yeah. Um, Man, snitches get stitches. So they weren't the only ones. That they had like a Steve album on their phone. <laughs> like fucking These flipping are through them. Best 30 photos. <laughs> this, really showed, this really shows his good side here. Uh, they weren't the only ones that recognized him. He hadn't worn a mask or even a ball cap. If you're going to rob a bank, wear a mask. Do something. Uh, the woman who worked, a woman who worked at another bank called the FBI to tell agents that she recognized the, the guy as a customer, and she sent photos from her bank security camera for the verification. So everyone's got photos of Steve. Yeah. Uh, I think I sent a few. <laughs> so Let me check my phone. The day after the August 2018 robbery, uh, Scott Hamilton, a commercial airline pilot and Air Force Academy graduate living in Texas, answered a phone call from his brother, John. Dude, you're not going to freaking believe this, John told him, as he emailed him a link to one of the photos pinging around the internet. Scott opened the link and agreed that it, sure, that it did sure look like Steve, but he offered that maybe it was just someone who resembled him. Another brother, Bob, came on the line and sent photos taken from a different angle about of Scott. There was no question. The man robbing the bank was their brother-in-law, uh, their sister's husband of 36 years, Scott Carroll. Steve. Uh, Steve Carroll. So Scott recognized the gun that Steve was using. It was a Bursa Thunder 380 pistol. I know you're familiar. Oh, yeah. Uh -huh. I uh, thought you just recognized it as a gun. Like, I think that's a gun that in his hand. It is a gun, yes. Uh, he had given that gun to his sister as a gift, actually. The sunglasses that Steve was wearing were very familiar as well. They were Foster Grant sunglasses, which had been a present from Scott to Steve the previous Christmas. Uh, the revelation had left Well, I shocked. bet that made him feel good they saw him using them, though. Yeah. You I know, mean, sometimes you get people a gift, and you're like, I bet they're not even going to really, like, yeah. Them. That goes in a drawer somewhere. Yeah, they're never going to use them or enjoy them. Then, like, you see somebody, like, out there, like, in the world. Uh-huh. <laughs> really using uh -huh. a gift? Uh -huh. <laughs> yeah. What you're doing is throwing away the uh -huh. sticker that I got you. Do? <laughs> you're never going to use that. I didn't even think about that. But yeah, I bet old Scott felt good seeing Steve. You know, like, sucks he's robbing a bank, but man, his glasses do look good on him. Well, what Scott actually thought was, I can't believe something like this touched our family's life. You don't think the guy who robbed a bank would be your sister's husband. Yeah. You, you really don't. No. You know, I don't have a sister, so I've never thought it, but I'm assuming... I have a sister, and she has a husband. Has he ever robbed a bank? Not that I know of. Yeah. If I saw a picture of him doing it, I wouldn't call the fucking cops. Right. I would call him and be like, hey, fucking idiot. I need some of that money. People know that you robbed the bank. You didn't wear a mask. Leave the money with me. Yeah. 
Don't turn yourself in. Yeah. And say you lost the money. Yeah. Okay. Just leave the. Don't I don't ever, care what you do after you leave the money with me. Don't ever say my name again. <laughs> nice glasses. Leave the money and you're dead to me. Uh, when Janet Carroll, Steve's wife, found out about the robbery, the world seemed to stop spinning for her. Uh, okay, then she would like fly off because of gravity and shit, right? Is that how that works? That's how that would work. What the fuck? Yeah. So luckily, the world didn't literally stop. <laughs> okay, turning. not literally. Uh, figuratively. Figuratively. Okay. Her. Uh, this was the last piece to a puzzle she'd been trying to put together for a while now, um, of the man that she thought she knew and how he had turned into such a different person recently. Uh, so Steve was a big dude. He oozed charm, confidence, and charisma. Did he ooze machismo? It doesn't say machismo. Okay. You have to assume. Yeah. Charm, R.I.P. Razor Ramon. He, uh, he, he, yes. he he oozed machismo. He did. Uh, he was a big guy. Yeah. He was full of charm, confidence, charisma. Yep. Um, he was always the center of attention whenever he'd stroll through the lobby of the Pebble Beach Resort. Uh, where yeah, put some pants on, Steve. <laughs> uh, it was 1992, and Kraft, uh, the company, where Steve was an executive, was a sponsor of the U.S. Open Golf Tournament of Pebble Beach, Located on the rocky coast of California's Monterey Peninsula, uh, one of the most storied courses in the country. Steve was there to schmooze with clients, but he invited a group of friends to golf. Uh, I just picture him walking around with like a bunch of craft singles in his pocket. That'd be amazing. <laughs> and like, you, you been cheesed yet? And this, <laughs> there's a piece of cheese at him. Just opens the walls and rifles through the. <laughs> Uh, like yeah. tips people with cheese. Yeah. But oh, thank you, my good <laughs> sir. There's three slices for you. Be amazing. <laughs> or he just has like little bags of the shredded cheese. He just <laughs> takes them out. And there you are. Yep. Uh, so uh, he put, you know, he takes his friends golfing at Pebble Beach and uh, two other courses at the result at the resort that rank among the country's finest. And the whole thing was paid for by Kraft. Like, he put everything nice. on their, uh, yeah. you know, account. Um, per diem or something. He probably had a per diem. Yeah. His friend, uh, this guy. I don't famous. understand things. This guy's name's great. Mike Mikes. Mike Mikes. <laughs> M-E-I- Mike it, Michael Mikes. M-I-K-E. And then his last name is M-I-C-H-E-S. So, Mike Mikes. Why the fuck would you name your kid Mike Mikes? I don't know, but I'm going to. Uh, <laughs> he said, I just hope his middle name is Michael. Mike said, Michael Mikes. So he said uh, he was a hard person to dislike. People could walk away thinking he's full of shit. People like cheese, man. But he's a fun full of shit. Yeah. Is what, you know. Uh, most of his friends referred to him as Tony Stark. Just he seemed to be you know, the life of the party, had all mm-hmm. his money. Uh, Steve's rise through the business world. Now, who is Tony Stark? That is Iron Man. Why not just say Iron Man then? Well, fucking nerds. Tony Stark's the one that like is at the parties and. Oh, okay. Oh, all right. Well, and then you know, he turns into Iron Man. He turns into Iron Man if he needs to fight crime. Okay. Does he turn back into Tony Stark, or does he like once he turns into Iron Man, he stays Iron Man forever? He just takes he can take off the suit. It's you fucking suit. you fucking nerds got a lot of shit to keep straight, don't you? It's not that hard. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm already lost. <laughs> The two Tony Stark is Iron Man, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but then he's also Tony Stark. Yes. So when he's being Tony Stark, who's Iron Man? Nobody. Well, sometimes uh, James Rhodey will 
be Iron Man if needed, but usually he's another uh-huh. superhero that wears a suit made by Tony Stark. So does this guy have a friend that also goes to parties with him and sometimes will be the life of the party when he's not going to be the life of the party? Sometimes. Steve does. But he's not as good at it. No. You know, he tries though. Uh-huh. But not as good. Okay. And I believe there's like, also been other spots. <laughs> what? Wears, uh, Pepper Parks. She has put on the Iron Man suit a time or two. Okay. Uh, That's a girl, Pepper Parks. Man. Okay. Spider-Man. Spider-Man has put on Iron Man suit. Not, not Spider-Man. Peter Parker. Okay. Put on the suit. Instead of the How does it fit suit, all these different people? It just adapts. <laughs> it just adapts. What is that supposed to mean? Because you're just a normal average <laughs> Joe. You know, you don't have to be a superhero. All right. So, you know. All right. So, so anyways. So he's, he's Iron Man. He's Tony Stark. Yeah. Now, Peter Parker, uh-huh. you mentioned his name. Yes. And that's Spider-Man? That's Spider-Man. But yeah. also Iron Man? He's put on the suit before. Oh. And then Tony Stark built <laughs> Spider-Man uh, his whole, like, new suit once. Once. That made it, like, a better, more improved. Uh-huh. And they're probably really good friends now, Spider- yeah. Tony Stark and Spider-Man. Well, Tony Stark and Peter Parker. Yeah, Tony Stark and Peter Parker. Iron Man and Spider-Man will work together. Uh-huh. There's been times where they've had to fight. Oh. But Tony Stark and Peter Parker will work <laughs> friends. Okay. So, that makes sense. Yeah. Sure this has been a really good story this week. Uh, anybody else? Want to <laughs> I, I don't think so. All right. So, yeah. So, Steve's working at Kraft, always paying for shit. Um... At Pebble Beach, uh, Steve's friends spent five or six days at the resort, each with a room overlooking the water. They played 36 holes a day, caddies in tow. There's only massages. one hole a day I'm looking for. Huh? Uh-huh. Huh? The grave. Oh, yep. Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> that was uh, good. <laughs> you were like, what? Oh, yes. They drink expensive. That's food. a lot more realistic to, 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 to expect, honestly. Easier to find, really. Yeah. I'm closer to that than the other hole. So let's get going. You know, you can combine them <laughs> in your last moment. Yeah. They drank expensive wines and ate gourmet meals. Uh, the fi- they figure each person... Sloppy steaks? Sloppy steaks, yes. <laughs> they figure that each person spent about $1,500 a day. Dang. <laughs> uh, Man, being rich is so stupid. Michael Keegan, he's one of the friends. He says, uh, unlimited porno, unlimited golf, <laughs> and unlimited drink. Unlimited porno? Who has limited porno? Yeah. Who? Uh, uh. Well, this was 92. Oh, okay. So, you know, it's not really... So that was like VCR pornos back then. I mean, they'd have pay-per-view stuff. Okay, yeah, that too. He adds... If it's the VCRs, you always have to make sure like it's right where it was when you started watching it in case your dad goes back to watch it. Right. And if it's at a different spot, he's going to be like, wait. your dad definitely... Yeah, remember. He's like, when I stopped watching this, she was sucking a dick, and now she's riding a dick? I smell something foul! Terrible editing. (laughs) Uh... So, yeah, he adds on that... Uh, I was imagine my dad adds... <laughs> yeah. It's like yeah, he just... porno and all that. He adds on... It was a pretty good boondoggle for me. <laughs> He's just making up words. I don't, know what a I don't know what a boondoggle is either. These rich people, man, just pissing me off. Uh, so, yeah. I kind of started wondering, like, uh, is Kraft cool with, like, uh-huh. all this money you're spending? And uh, He's like, dude, everyone buys cheese. Relax. Yeah. 
Dude, we sell so many slices of cheese, you don't even know. Uh, so one of his friends asked him about that, and he said, I make them so much fucking money, they don't question my expense account. So, Play a cheese. All seemed good. He was basically this corporate star. He was Don Draper. Is but you know is basically who he now is. what superhero is that? Uh, John Ham. Ham man. Ham man. Okay. Yes, is Don Draper. Is that Marvel or is that Marvel or is that DC? He's a madman. He's a madman. Oh, so he's a villain. He's, he's a bad guy. Yeah, he is really. Okay. He is really a piece of shit. All right. And I'm not sure why he was such a hero in the show, but John Ham's great. But he's a madman. Madman. <laughs> so. <laughs> Uh, Janet, the wife, she had worked as an administrative assistant. She quits her job. Um, she says, Steve would say to me, the thing that he was most proud of was he was able to give me my freedom and I wouldn't have to work. I would love Steve. Yeah. Uh, I would love But Steve, he gave her her freedom. Yeah, I mean, that part's a little bit. So what, he's like in control of her now or something? But, you know, because he doesn't have all this money, like, she doesn't have to work, so kind of in a way. And he probably brings it up every fucking day. Maybe. Yeah, I mean, he sounds Steve. like, by all accounts, a decent dude. No, I don't like him. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> uh, I'd say you quickly need to judge somebody. And yeah. Stick with oh, yeah. Um, so, I'll yeah. never change my mind. I mean, if it makes it any better, like, so back when they were in college together, um, he had nothing, and she would pay for his phone bill, his phone bill and his meals. She funded their honeymoon. So, you know, she did pay for a lot of things, and once he was able to... He provided a life where she didn't have to do that anymore. That's cool. So, um, they both drove Jaguars. Steve kept a turbocharged Trans Am, a uh, limited edition of the Indianapolis 500 pace car. They bought a house in a gated community in a suburban in suburban Chicago with its own golf course on it. Right. That's a lot of money. Yeah. Uh, Steve's energy and charisma attracted legions of friends, adding new names to the old crew to whom he stayed fiercely loyal. Anything he wanted to do, he seemed to do it, says Earl Keegan, who grew up with him. Uh, they went to the U.S. Open Golf Tournament, Bears Games, the Super Bowl, the Rose Bowl, uh, the NCAA Basketball Tournament. The CarQuest Bowl? Did it mention that? The Meineke CarQuest Bowl? Did they go to that one, Josh? Did you? Oh, every year. Uh, was there multiple ones? I don't know. Okay. Are you making that up? No, there is a Meineke CarQuest Bowl. Well, uh, bigger there could be. Yeah. They have so many damn balls. I know. Uh, if the Bulls were in the playoffs, he was there. When the White Sox were in the Oh, 92, 93? Oh, shit. Man. So he's... I mean, he got to see P.J. Armstrong. 94, 95, 96. Yeah. Yeah, this dude's there for all of that. Uh, when the White Sox were in the 2005 World Series, he paid $40,000 total for four tickets to each of the two games. He flew to Barcelona for the 92 Olympics. Uh, he lived large, his friend Jack Parker says. He liked to party. This was all the reward for the long hours Steve worked and the impact it had on their home life. He would show up late to family <laughs> gatherings. I just early. imagine people sitting around the crowd like, how do we make this cheese better? Like, what if we make them round pieces? And then from the back, <laughs> I have an idea. <laughs> Everyone turns to Steve. Steve, you <laughs> have an idea? Yeah. <laughs> Single slices, wrapped them in plastic, put about 30 of them in the thing. People can have sliced yep, cheese. They just carry them off on their shoulders. Cheese, Steve. Steve cheese, Steve. Can just slice their own cheese. <laughs> this way they don't have to, boss. My God, Steve. 
You did it again, you son of a bitch. You son of a bitch. First shredding the truth, and now this. Ah, what will you think of next? You sure are crafty. Oh! oh. Everybody laughed. Because <laughs> they're all rich. Because <laughs> yeah, none of them matter. Yep. Um... So, yeah, even he would uh, show up late to family gatherings, leave early. Hey, he's on Steve time. Even on holidays like Christmas and New Year's, uh, you'd be there on Thanksgiving and his phone would go off. And he'd answer it and grab his briefcase and say, I'll be back. <laughs> I have a cheese emergency. <laughs> I have a cheese emergency. Uh, oh, I'm going to use that the next. I'm going to go tonight now. Now I am going to go tonight to what we <laughs> talked about earlier. Just so as soon as we get started, like the second hand is done, I'm going to check my phone. And I'm just like, look, guys, I'm sorry, but I, I have a cheese emergency. I have to go. Get up so fast. I knock my chair over. And they're going to leave. And everyone's just going to look at you like, who the fuck did you bring to this? Yeah. <laughs> what kind of cheese emergency does he have? I'm going to tell him. Yeah, he ate way too much cheese. <laughs> or maybe probably, not enough cheese. Maybe that's the emergency. He's probably pooping in your yard right now. <laughs> no, wait, if you eat a lot of cheese, doesn't it like do the opposite? Yeah, I think it does the opposite. Gives you constipation. Yep, uh-huh. That's the His tummy hurts. <laughs> tum-tum. His tum-tum hurts. Uh, so he abruptly, though, announces he's leaving Kraft. Mm. He says it was something to do with friction with upper management. Uh, he'd spent so much energy on his career at Kraft that it was hard to imagine he was just going to walk away. Um, but he quickly found a top spot at a place called AC Nielsen, which I don't know if that's like the Nielsen ratings. No. I don't know. But he then parlayed that into... He got a job at Cheddar. Cheese. Cheddar's. Cheddar's, uh, yeah. He, he parlayed that a few years later into a number two spot at the market research firm J.D. Power & Associates. I've heard of them. It's when you hear at the end of every truck Car- commercial. Yeah, J.D. Yeah. Power. Yeah. So they apparently are like an analytics company, like the consumer numbers and things. That sounds like a superhero, J.D. Power. J.D. Power. Yeah. And Associates. <laughs> and Associates. Uh, which are just his balls. Which are just, yes. <laughs> He's like, so you have a meeting with my associates? And then just drops just his pants. His hips. <laughs> Uh, they fly back and forth. Uh, let me see here. So, yeah, Janet stuck by him through all of this. You know, whatever he was doing, she was there for him. Stand by your man! You ever hear the Chipmunks version of that? Stand by your man! That's kind of it. it okay, just, cool. They put out a country album back in, like, the yeah. 90s, and it's very weird, because that's a weird song for Chipmunks to be singing, yeah. I think. <laughs> Well, any song for Chipmunks, it really. Was the, it was the uh, girl Chipmunk. Oh, all right. I don't remember her name. I don't um, think they had one. Alvinette? No. I don't think they were that lazy. Uh, Chip Alvin, Simon, Theodore. Do, do. Girl ones? Do, 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 do. Yeah. Never Alvin. heard of them. <laughs> uh, so Janet, when she turned 50, Steve organized a I'm 50! <laughs> Sorry. Steve organized a surprise party. At a swank <laughs> restaurant, inviting eighty to hundred people for dinner. Uh, if anybody ever invites BYOC, bring your own cheese. Cheese. Gucci's. If anyone ever throws me a birthday party uh-huh. and invites eighty to hundred people, uh, please disinvite me. <laughs> Don't invite me. Could you imagine walking in? Surprise! You're like, ah, just turn I around, and leave. A rage. <laughs> I'll ball up and cry. <laughs> Just like, stop looking at me! Why is everybody looking at me? Uh, 
Steve collected dozens of old photos of Janet, and his sister-in-law turned them into a video spanning five decades that finished with photos of Steve and Janet together to the accompaniment... Accompaniment? That's a hard word for me to say. Yeah. Accompaniment of the song Still the One by Orleans. You're still the one I want to. I don't know the other one then. Uh, if you knew it, if you heard it, you know it. Okay. But I can't think of it right now. Uh, yeah, you'll you'll know. It, You're though. still the one. Close. I don't know. Uh, yeah, that's pretty close. <laughs> uh, so yeah, the whole night, Steve made sure that it wasn't anything about him. It was Janet's night. Yeah. Um, good job, Steve. He went down on her. Just, just that there was like just even, right there. On the it floor. was like don't even worry about it. When she tried to get back down on him, he's like, Nah, babe. Mm, night's, tonight. night's about it's you. Night. Yep. Yeah. And then he right in front of everybody. <laughs> right in front of you. He's like, everybody watch. <laughs> this is about her. Uh, so this was the Steve that Janet had fallen in love with. This, you know, but then. It's about time we have a happy story on here. Well, and then we're going to take a break. <laughs> okay. We'll be right back. Right we'll back. Get to what happens after the happy story. Okay. Oh, okay. So we'll see you all in a few minutes. Three, two... More countdowns! I don't want any more goddamn countdowns! Alright, I'm gonna count down then. Oh, no! No, so no more countdowns. So, uh, Steve Carroll had just put on an amazing uh, birthday party uh-huh. for his wife, Janet. Um, went down on her. Went down on her, we're assuming. <laughs> uh... She's, you know, in the mindset. Allegedly, of everything is. Yeah, great, awesome. Oh yeah, you know, this is the man she fell in love with. Uh, and then she walks into one day. She oh, walks into no. the study of their Chicago area home uh, to use the computer, and he has a whole bunch of papers and shit on his desk, uh-huh. uh, which is pretty common. And she's just sort of sorting through it. She's being nosy as fuck. <laughs> right? Maybe. Oh. And she finds a court document that is stating that her husband, who she has been with since high school, had fathered two children with another woman. Oh! A son born in 2003 and a daughter born uh, 2009. Damn. She had never even really seen Stephen look at another woman. Yeah. Let alone would have thought that she he had a whole other family. Maybe he never looked at her. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe you just close their eyes and just I'm just gonna start thrusting. Like and he if was I... really even blind. I just thought <laughs> So they the two didn't have children themselves. Um, um, it's something they had talked about. Uh, every once in a while she would raise the question with him about having children. Um, and Steve would always say that with all of his traveling and long hours, you know, he just wouldn't be around much, yeah. it wouldn't be fair to the child. But they had a great life. Um, you know, there was freedom and travel money to indulge in all the things they wanted, and Janet had kind of made peace with the no kids thing. Yeah. She was part of the team, Him, her and Steve. They didn't really need kids. I'm sure she had a dog or some shit. Probably. He's a good boy. So when Steve came home that afternoon, he parked in the driveway, and as he often did, sat in his car with the motor running while talking Cried. on the phone. Oh, talking <laughs> right. on the phone. Okay. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Me, I just keep thinking maybe me and Steve are going to be alike on one thing, but it's just never going to happen. We'll get there. Okay. So... <laughs> Uh, he said, hey, you know, these are work calls, uh, but now Jan is wondering, is he talking to his children or that the other girl, the other woman? 
So she walks out to the car, through throws the pile of documents through the window, and screams, You asshole, you have kids. Oh. And she goes back inside and locks the door, locking him out. So he spends hours knocking on the door, begging to be let back in. Uh, Janet finally lets him in. And he finally, he confesses. He says that it was a... Uh, the first child was the result of a drunken night after a softball game. Because you know how oh, yeah. you get after softball. <laughs> you're right? all dirty and sweaty, and you're your balls are all smelly. That's and, right. Yeah, you're like, I got to bang something. Anything. Anything. So just happen to be a woman. Yeah. You know, sometimes it's trash. <laughs> sometimes it's a piece of cheese. Sometimes you just take four pieces of cheese and mash them together. You know, I think that's why he had to leave Kraft. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> that's not the way they put the holes in that Swiss. Oh. So... Uh, he said that the woman, him and the woman, uh, woke up the next morning and they were both horrified. Which whore? It's not the way you want to wake up. <laughs> no. Uh, I wake every I wake up every morning horrified. Janet asked him, you know, hey, was that the night that you told me you were at the casino until five thirty a.m.? Um, she starts kind of putting things together. Uh huh. So wives don't forget shit. Right. So she was... Wives be remembering. So she's crushed by this whole thing. Um, but, you know, one drunken night, she's thinking, that makes sense. Like, Fool me once. He's a partier. Yeah. You know, he goes hard. Yeah. So, but she Bust was... nuts with no condoms. <laughs> right. Yeah, just busting nuts and guts. But she was upset, and she asked, okay, well, so there's the one night with the kid. What about the other kid, though? Which was six years later. Yeah. So she confronts... Yeah, Steve, what about that one? She confronts him again about it, and he says, uh, well, it can be so lonely growing up as an only child, so I didn't want that for the kid. Oh! So, it was for the kid! Yeah. So he decided, it's been six years, that little kid is lonely, Uh-huh. I better go fuck his mom again. Oh, so it was the same lady? Okay, I was going to say, like, why would you think that, like, these two ladies would get their kids together? But it's the same mom. Yeah, it's the same, yeah. Oh, wow. So, you know. I hope she feels He proud. calls her up. Hey, how's little Timmy doing? Uh-huh. Is he lonely? I bet he is. You want to I'm lonely. So, yeah, so that's how that <laughs> My wife's dumb as hell, so I can just tell her whatever. So, you know, Janet says, this goes to show you how completely entranced or in love that I was, uh, he would keep spinning these stories, and I just wanted to believe it. I just decided to choose love instead of kicking him out. So, you know. Big mistake. Steve wins the night, the day. Uh, so, believing Steve, buying into the image that he's projected, it was the most natural thing in the world for those in his orbit, for everyone around him, just to see him as the guy that he presented himself. Um... The court papers between Steve and the mother of his children read like a custody agreement between a divorced couple. Steve was ordered to pay 5000 a month child support and to pay for the kids' tuition at a Catholic school. He was ordered to pay the mother $1,250 a month for a year. What? <laughs> the documents... Well, guys got money. Yeah. So, you know, the more money you got, the more you're going to have to end up paying. So... Fuck that. 5000 a month... Keep it in your pants, man. And twelve fifty a month for a year for the woman, for the lady. Uh, Probably because like she's taking care of babies, so yeah. she can't really. So the documents set out a schedule, even which included visits every other year on major holidays and two weeks of vacation. Uh, he was ordered to give the mother three thousand dollars per child 
for Christmas presents and activities. Mm. So, you know, uh, pretty specific court documents here. Uh, as Janet internalized the betrayal, she starts going over in her head about all the different uh, stories he's told her about the times he's been, you know, away. Sure. Uh, like the time that he told her that his car got locked in a parking garage after hours. I hate when that we happens. We know what happens when that, when that happens. Yeah. Uh, we did a whole episode about we, it. That's right. So go back a few episodes, find the real crime. About the that's R-E-E-L, real <laughs> crime. Uh, she thought about the time that he was just stranded with no phone reception. You know how that goes. All the time. Uh, All the cheese emergencies that he was leaving. Cheese emergencies. (laughs) Where are you going, honey? And he would just yell, cheese! (laughs) All right. I I bet that's how he came, too, like inside that lady. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Oh, cheese! I have a a Jesus crust. (laughs) Here it is. Right there. I see him. It's my boy. That's your boy. Uh, So, other people. be with you. Other people kind of already knew about the kids. So, uh, friends had spotted Steve with the kids at hockey games. Uh, he started bringing them to, like, parties and functions and introducing them. Uh, he brought the kids. To the How South- brazen and just, like, just disconnected with reality. Do you just have two kids on the side that you fucking take out places yeah. And, and like, people, he's supposed to, like, have this great love with this lady, you know, they, I gave you your freedom, and you helped me, so I'm working hard, and, but it's also, fuck you, and yeah. I'm, you, I'm gonna treat you like the biggest fucking idiot in well, the world. Well, and, like, so, you know, you've known me for a few years, like, and I, I don't have a wife that I could be doing, but if you never saw me with kids, and then you're like, hey, you know, uh, I'm putting on a comedy show. You should come out to it. Yeah. I show up and I've got two kids with me. You know, you've got, like, well, hey, who the fuck Who's, are well, Yeah. And I'm like, oh, these are mine. <laughs> these are mine. Like, that's uh, what he's doing with these people. Yeah. And how weird is that to just be like, yeah, oh, Don't, yeah, don't bring got, it up to my wife, though. I've got secret kids. You know, <laughs> you know about my secret kids? <laughs> he brought the kids to the Southside Irish Parade one year uh, and bumped into a couple of softball friends. He, uh, Juan Korea recalls Steve saying, oh, yeah, I made a mistake 13 years ago. For the kid too. I call this a mistake one and mistake two. And one said, "Looks like two to me." Yeah. Uh, we all gave him shit. Recalls, Good one. One recall, recalls a female friend. We'd say, uh, "What are you? What are you doing? One day your son is going to be old enough to drive, and he's going to be knocking on her door, and he'll say to Janet, what do I call you?'" Yeah. And Steve's answer was always simple: "I'm never leaving Janet." So he wanted to have everything. Yeah. You have know. two separate lives and. Um, so the revelation of the children was bad enough, but there were other loose threads in Steve's well-woven narrative of success. Uh, Janet knew the split with Kraft had not been over a simple dispute or personality clash. The company had caught on to Steve's improper spending after someone noticed he'd listed a relative as one of his guests (coughs) on an expense report, and that some of the events he put in for, uh, expenses at Pebble Beach did not coincide with corporate functions. The spending was so excessive, so utterly out of line with anything resembling normal procedure, that Steve worried he'd face criminal charges. Damn. Uh, ultimately, he was allowed to leave the company without charges being filed, but had to give up his rights to a bonus and pension. Oh, sure. He could never eat cheese again. Craft. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> what's another cheese bread? I don't know. I was trying to think of one earlier, and I couldn't. Gordon. 
Okay, yeah. Like Borden, like, look, you can never touch craft again. <laughs> You're down there on the sewers with Borden from now. No! On. There really is another big like, Kroger craft brand, and yeah, brand. Yeah. Damn. I get Kroger brand cheese because I'm cheap. Well, I mean, it's all the same. Uh, tell that to Steve. Tell that to Kraft. Who spent uh, his whole life on cheese. Well, part of it. He was also, he had plenty of other things he was doing. Janet had all the reason in the world to leave, but she couldn't. Steve was everything to her, uh, inseparable in her mind from the larger life she'd built. And in spite of his betrayal, she couldn't bring herself to walk away. Um, walk away. So, at this time, J.D. Powers and Associates was looking for someone to take on it as its in its second ranked job, uh, and it got Steve. Um, the company's human resources person. His application that, was just the resume was just written on cheese. Yes. yes. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, <laughs> the company's uh, HR resource, like human resources executive director, uh, says that she had the file on his background check, and there was nothing, no red flags about it. Um, so he had to move out west, though, and instead of following him west, Janet stayed in Chicago. Uh, she had her parents there. She was really close to them, uh, and they had been devastated when she had moved. She and Steve had moved to California previously for a craft, um, so this time she wanted to stay in Chicago, yeah. and she thought that he was only going to be gone for a couple years this time, um, so she was fine letting him live in California while she stayed. Go in- fuck your whores. You know, I mean, she has to assume at this point. Well, he's already got fucking kids with somebody else. Yeah. So, so feeling like he had an image to uphold, Steve spent $1.9 million for a rustic three-bedroom house on a hill in Malibu with a view of the ocean and access to a private beach club. He told friends, oh, yeah, hey, Dustin Hoffman lives next door. Oh. And when a couple of friends did his house one weekend, they spotted Pierce Brosnan at the grocery store. 007! He lives in a fancy area. Uh, He would tell friends about uh, his time in Chicago, or he'd tell friends in Chicago about his new life on the beach, telling them that Heather Locklear was on the treadmill next to him at the gym. Oh. The same gym, he said, where porn stars worked out. Oh, how did he know? So, I assume they, you know. Unlimited porn. <laughs> All that limited porn finally starting to pay off. Uh, his softball friends from Chicago came to Malibu on their way to the annual uh, Advertising World Series. A softball tournament played in a different city each year. With games during the day and parties at night. That sounds like the dumbest yes. thing. <laughs> the 2007 tournament was in Las Vegas, uh, and his teammates camped out at Steve's. He paid for a catered dinner and customized bus that drove them to Vegas. That was just the kind of guy Steve was, his friend said. Yeah. Uh, Janet came out and visited Malibu twice. Steve would v- occasionally visit her in Chicago, uh, but usually he would say, you know, uh, I'm just traveling through, or I have a business function, so he couldn't really spend a lot of time with her. Um, Janet actually became something of a joke at J.D. Power & Associates. Most of the people joked that she didn't actually exist. Because, <laughs> you know, never saw her. Yeah. Um, so, Steve had worked at J.D. Power & Associates less than a year when it was sold to McGraw-Hill. Uh, Steve knew the company was on the block when he was hired, and he was angling for the top job once the ac- acquisition was complete. 
but the plan misfired when the new owner brought on his own team, and by 2009, Steve was out. Oh. There was a separation package and stock options, and he may have received a retention bonus after the sale. Janet thinks he left the company with $2 million to $3 million, somewhere around there. Uh, Which, for a normal person, would probably be enough to last you for a little while. Yeah. Um, with this check, I'm paying the IRS. He told one friend after leaving J.D. Power, I could buy a couple Ferraris. So whatever he did make, he had to pay back a lot of taxes. Yeah. I'm saying. So the timing turned out to be terrible. Uh, the Great Recession was just hitting. Steve put the Malibu house up for sale, but the real estate market had crashed. Um, he ended up losing about $500,000 on the sale of it. After J.D. Power and with corporations reeling from the financial meltdown, the job market he'd so successfully navigated in the past was suddenly dim. He eventually found a job in back in Chicago at Textura, a company that provided its construction contracts and payment management services. But pretty quickly, uh, he had a bad relationship with the CEO, and it wasn't long before he quit. So he is now um, no longer with a job. He's lost two giant jobs and quit one. Uh, but she started to kind of wonder if like, this was more of a, like, if she didn't know about how he was at work, like, she knew that he tried to first say that he left Kraft because he disputes with management. Yeah. Um, but then, you know, it would later come out that he had spent all their money on things. Which is technically a dispute with management, but he's just telling yeah. half-truths. And she started to realize, think about, like, she started to realize, like, he would always bring home a bunch, like, cases of Diet Coke and big boxes of Splenda. From the break room at... Ah. And, you know, she'd always kind of be like, they're fine with you just taking things from work? And he's like, oh, yeah, these are, you know, <laughs> they, they, they're they whatever I want. So just small stuff. I have like the that, right to these. She starts to kind of, you know. Um, so he'd always been a big drinker and smoked a lot of dope. Uh, but across his years... All right, Steve! So here you go. Let's hang out, buddy! <laughs> got something in common. Uh, across his years of excess, he'd become fond of other drugs as well. There was usually a lot of coke when Steve was around, says one friend, um, when, who was at a bachelor's party when Steve showed up with two eight balls. Nice! He was also a heavy gambler who would brag about his winnings. Uh, craps, blackjack, the horses, there wasn't anything he wouldn't put a bet on, Rasmussen says. He would tell tales of big nights like the time he walked out of a riverboat casino with $10,000, or when he had to be escorted out of a casino in Elgin, Elgin, Illinois, <laughs> after winning 25000 He never talked about his losses, though. They never do talk about the losses. I never liked to. Uh, when Jack Parker, one of his best friends, moved out to Las Vegas, he sets uh, an account up with a sports bookie so Steve could place bets. Uh, Parker charged him 3% of his winnings. Steve came out to Las Vegas during the Final Four NCAA basketball tournament. Uh, and Parker watched the guy win $35,000 playing blackjack. Damn. So, he, you know, guy has some luck. He's good at getting money. But after Textura, he quits that job, uh, things get bad. So, Janet's trying to understand what's going on. She didn't really care about, like, not having the lifestyle anymore. Yeah. She didn't give a shit. Um... Which wants Steve to be honest with her yeah. and be a good husband. With all the lies, she starts to kind of wonder, you know, who he really is. Um, so, now unemployed, 
but still full of the same bravado that had carried him so far in the past, Steve tried his hand as an entrepreneur. He and Rick Rasmussen, uh, who had made Steve godfather to his two children, had the American rights to a Samsung air purifying system. Steve never showed anyone the books, but in hindsight, Rasmussen figures Steve made off with about $140,000 from the company before they were forced to sell it at a loss. (laughs) The next venture was called Your Santa Story. Uh, So this was, uh, he cashed out his 401k accounts to finance the project. Janet's brother, John, put in $25,000. Uh, another investor was a friend of Steve's who had received a settlement in a lawsuit charging priests who had molested him as a boy. Uh, and what the company did was they were going to produce DVDs of Santa telling children where to find their Christmas gifts. Each video would be personalized for the recipient. So it would be like these, you know, like you would get Lily one. Yeah. It would be Santa some dude, you know. Ho, 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 Lily, go look underneath your bed. Wink, you know, huh? and you already put the present there, yeah. so, you know. Uh, so, Man, that, that, I bet, I, I bet that skyrocketed, and we've both have heard, we've of heard it. about it, right? I, I bet we've both heard about it, and yeah. both know all about it, because how popular it is. So, Janet says that, uh, yeah, we were out for a walk one evening when he told me about it. I laughed. I thought it was a joke. <laughs> And she said uh, that she asked him, well, what are you going to do for the rest of the year? Yeah. (laughs) So, uh, as she predicted, the project was a disaster from the beginning. Um, Steve hired Santas who couldn't act. And during the first year, several deliveries arrived after Christmas. Uh, Investors suspected company funds were going to pay. People invested in this? Yeah, one, the brother put in $25. Oh, yeah. That's insane. So... Steve ends up hiring a headhunter to try to find him a job. Um, he gets interviews with some big companies, but nothing ever comes of them. Well, you he, don't get a headhunter. I mean, those guys, like, I've seen Gilligan's Island. They wear, like, grass kind of skirts. They don't have shirts. There's, like, bones through their nose. It's not the right And, like, face paint and stuff. Face. You're not going to get a job with a headhunter. No. 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 Back in the 20s. Sure. Probably would have worked. Absolutely. But these days. No. It's not what corporate America wants. You know, capitalism. It's ruined yeah. the headhunter. Capitalism and cannibalism. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh, they sell their house that has the golf course on it. Um, he They pay off, uh, let me see, they pay off the mortgage in six months, but now Steve took out a line of credit for the entire $225,000. Um Janet's mother co-signed and paid the $600 a month interest payment. Damn. uh, Leveraging the goodwill he'd banked with them over the years. Steve started actually hitting up his in-laws for loans every couple of months. $20,000, $30,000, $40,000. Telling him, hey, you have $40,000 I can borrow? I know you're not my in-law. I have 50 cents if you would like. Do you have like a sticker I can borrow with a pug? I don't have that. Oh! oh. You gave that to me. I know, but uh, I want it back no now. No takes these back. Oh. Uh, so, yeah, he says, hey, I just need some money to cover my bills. Um, but eventually, Janet's father, he's assuming that Steve's actually using his money to gamble. So, he says, you bring the bills, and I'll write the checks for the bills. Uh-huh. Well, that doesn't happen. I'm so, sure, yeah, Steve does it. It seems like the kind of guy that like, wants to be micromanaged. Yeah, no. 
So Steve was cashing in everything. He had invested about 150 grand as part of a group that owned an uh, an inn in Telluride, Colorado. He borrowed money from two partners. Uh, when he stopped making payments, they took his share of the company. In February 2017... I'm sorry, I had to pay back the money you loaned yeah, to me. Jerks. Dick. Uh, in February 2017, his sister sued him. Uh, she was asking for an accounting of their father's estate because he was the trustee. So with no job materializing, Steve applies to manage a pizza joint. Um, he asked his friend Jack Parker, uh, you know, while he's still looking for a job, his friend Jack Parker works at Nestle. Mm -hmm. uh, he asks him, hey, can you get me a job on the assembly line? And, you know, Jack was like, I, I can't believe this guy's asking me for an assembly yeah. line job. Like, he's one of the... He used to have unlimited porn. <laughs> now, you're, now you're on an assembly how line? How limited is your porn now, Steve? <laughs> I mean, how bad is it? Two, two hours a day is all you get? <laughs> seems you only very, have choices of three videos? That seems very limited, sir. Uh, so, he started driving for Uber and Lyft. Uh, what about Spree? <laughs> they weren't hiring. Okay. It must have been when they were shut down there for a little yeah. while. So, uh... That's another real crime! Last episode. Yeah! Go back and check it out. But Kirk Kunkel. R-E-E-L. Uh, so, Steve's softball buddies noticed that his demeanor was changing as well. He was edgier, prone to outbursts. Steroids. Hitting on younger women who played softball. Snorting coke on his car dashboard. <laughs> Uh, he was becoming a real jagoff, says yeah. Juan Korea. So this is like, like I was saying, like this is the movie yeah. where you see this, like, you know, the character suddenly becoming like a dick, you know, hitting on younger women, like just snorting, just like a. It's fucking, Nightmare Alley, but craft. Yeah, but craft. <laughs> uh, so after one game, Steve approached Korea, who was a comic book collector, and Steve pulls out like fifty comic books, including the first Iron Man. Uh, and Tony Stark? Yes. And Did you know that Peter Parker once wore the Iron Man suit? Yeah. And Parker Pepper? Pepper Parks. Pepper Parks, yes. too. I remember hearing that. Okay, good. Go on. Uh, he had the first Iron Man, a bunch of different... First Iron Man, uh, the Incredible Hulk issue where Wolverine made his first appearance. Oh. It's a good one. I'd like to have it. Uh, if so Wolverine there, first made his first appearance in, in Incredible, Incredible Hulk. Hulk. Uh, that is a... Well, uh, smack my ass and call me Sally. That is a grail item for me. Uh -huh. so if anyone out there has it and would like to give it to me. Dude, I got seven of them in my car. I have three. Well, I did. I just threw them all away because I didn't even know you needed them. Bitch. You got to let me know. Pug it. Pug it. Pug it. Pug it. <laughs> um, so he... Did it help? You know, and he's basically just saying, hey, how much are these worth? Like, this yeah. is where he's at in his life. Like, he's just got his comic books now. He's trying to sell. He's trying to flip shit. Um, That's where I'm at in life. Good. <laughs> you never had the, uh, you didn't know what it was like to have unlimited porn. Yeah. You know, in a, well, I mean, in a golfer's. I had a pretty good idea. Now, <laughs> not the same way. Uh now it's like we. Like now I'm like, okay, that's 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 enough porn. Joe. I don't even think unlimited covers okay. anymore. Like we need a new word for unlimited. Yeah, um, it's like whatever your personal limit just, is. If you can, if you can imagine it for a second, <laughs> I bet you'll find the video. Uh, so, or if you're out there and you want to make that video, just get a hold of get a hold of me if you're a lady. Uh, yeah. So. <laughs> 
you know, Steve's pretty big on softball, we talked about. Oh, yeah. Um, He's the Sid Vicious of the craft world. Yes, he is. So the cheese. Got any cheese? So, he had played in the Advertising World Series. Dude, get the fuck out of here. For 34 consecutive years. Damn, he's the Cal Ripken. He had always played for a team called the Chicago Bad Apples. Uh, and this team would hold raffles and a golf tournament. Uh, and ask for donations to pay for the trip to the tournament. So in 2017, Steve collected $20,000 uh-huh. for the team. But uh, when he gave it to Mike Mikes, Mike our buddy Mike Mikes, Mike Mikes yeah. uh, it was $6,000 short. So Mike, and Steve said, come on. Come on. Come on. There's some bad apples, you know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. So Mike's, it's the cheese man. Let us slide. Send him nine late notices, giving him a whole lot of time to be like, hey, we need this fucking money. Each time, Steve would offer an apology and an excuse and be like, hey, I'll send you the check overnight. Come on. The check gets there, it bounces every time. So Mike's wrote, writes him back and just says, Steve, I just think people are concerned about you. And then he bans him from ever being in the tournament again. Oh. So, you know, that's what... We're worried about you. Now, don't come around no, any of us at the one thing that you enjoyed that you can actually still enjoy But we are life. worried. Yeah, but we're worried. But don't ever come around but us again. fuck off. We fucking hate you. So, we hate you for making us worry about you, you fucking inconsiderate prick. <laughs> uh, there was a lot of other warning signs that things were going wrong and bad. Steve had asked to borrow Korea's gun because he wanted to go to the shooting range. Uh, Correa had explained that that was impossible anyways because he would need a firearm owner's ID card wink. to even get into the gun. Oh, range. okay. Never So wink. there was no sense of borrowing it. By the spring of 2018, Steve's drinking and gambling were flying out of control. Uh, John Hamilton says, oh, he had definitely turned full <laughs> oh, alky. yeah, full alky. That's a great way to say about your friend. Oh, yeah, an alky. Uh, Rummy. Steve went to watch his son play baseball. Uh, and the go mistake number two. Mistake one. Oh, and the boy's mother. Who well, that's had, how drunk he was. You know, going to the game separately. She sees Steve, uh, uh, off to the side of the park. Uh huh. Kind of hidden, drinking a bottle from a brown bag. So just you know, things are going. Alcoholics. That's the most obvious look too. If you're yes. drinking a bottle of a brown bag, like. Pour it into a Gatorade bottle yeah. or something like that. You know, class it up a bit. Yeah, a Don't little stand bit. Out so much. Yeah. Be a better... Uh, no, we can't. We should not say that. <laughs> uh, during the game, he was loud and obnoxious. He fell. Like, this is, like, just so on point. Yeah. Like, how this stuff happens. Uh, Stereotypical drunk. A few parents asshole. asked him if he was okay and offered to drive him home. I'm okay. you never been your fuck... You ever heard of cheese, bitch? Huh? Yeah, you know my porn I used to watch. Unlimited. I want that porn. You know you know. and porn everywhere. So Steve tries to start a fight with another father. <laughs> uh, when the father smells alcohol in his breath and suggested that the kid should leave with their mother, mm. Steve's like, "You want to fucking tell me how to raise my Don't kids? Tell me how to raise my mistakes, mother. <laughs> my mistakes, not yours, son of a bitch." That whore. <laughs> I miss my cheese. I miss it so cheese. much. Cheese would never do this to me. Uh, so can, I, can I just hold your cheese for a second? Steve drunkenly goes back to his Cadillac. The man calls the police. 
uh, an officer catches up to the car. Um, Steve, of course, fails the sobriety test because he's hammered. Yeah. He's handcuffed, taken to the police station. Um, he's in the back seat of the police car, just belching loudly and like cussing the cop. Uh, he refused to take a breath test, and then he was released on a hundred dollar bail. So I think that's the key. You gotta refuse to take the sobriety test. <laughs> I think that's the best thing to do. Uh oh. Mm. Night, tell me, Steve. I, mm, I'm not. I know I feel that shit. <laughs> uh, he gets his car impounded, so he's using uh, his wife's dark green Pontiac Grand Prix the next day. Uh, it had a "Pray for Our Troops" sticker on the back of it. And Blue Lives Matter underneath that. An out-of-uniform police officer on his way to work spotted him weaving nearly into oncoming traffic and then onto the shoulder. He follows the car, which turns into a shopping center. Uh, the cop walks over, smells alcohol, and sees a half-empty bottle of vodka underneath Steve's feet. I like to think that the bottle's half full. That's right. Yes. Okay, that's, that's where we're different. That's where we're different. Uh, so he identifies himself as a police officer and asks for Steve's keys. Steve refused and began dragging. <laughs> what are you, fucking cop? And he starts dri- driving off uh, with the officer hanging onto the car. They don't like that. No. No. So the cop gets drugged about 40 feet. Um, Steve's trying to push him away. <laughs> I said, I didn't want any little girl. Leave me alone. The cop ends up being able to uh, shut the engine off and pull the keys out while this is happening. Damn. So Steve then jumps out of the car and begins fighting the cop. Uh, the cop wrestles him to the ground. Steve pulled free and chased the officer around the parking lot. What? Punching him. Damn. Uh, and then he hears sirens coming and he takes off running. So police find him and arrest him. Uh, he's handcuffed and taken to the station. He blew a .123 on the breathalyzer test. One, two, three, kid. A DUI is .08. Oh my so god. He's real drunk. Wow. 0.08 is DUI. He blew a 0.123. So, not good, Steve. No. Uh, Impressive, the, but not good. I like that this part gets added in here. In the car, officers found a receipt from uh, a liquor store for $6.99 for 80 proof extra smooth vodka. So, he wasn't even drinking the good stuff. <laughs> I, I thought you were going to say Mad it. Dog. Like, it'd be one thing if he was drinking, a, like, an $80 bottle of vodka. Yeah. Disrespectable. But to be drunk off a $7 bottle of vodka. Good day, sir. Kill him. Uh, so, only about an inch and a half of vodka was remaining in the bottle. So, Steve had a bloody forehead, bloody right cheek, bruised lip, and his palms were scra- scraped up. Uh, from the station, Steve calls Janet's brother to pick him up and post bond. He told Hamilton, uh, John Hamilton, the brother, he said, hey, I was driving for Uber. This is a great lie. That, hey, I was driving for Uber. I picked up a fare. And this son of a bitch was bad-mouthing the U.S. So we get into an argument. Uh, I pull into a Home Depot parking lot, and the customer uh, hits me with a bottle of booze. Ooh. And it spills everywhere. So then when the cop pulls me over, they smell Of course like I smell like booze. <laughs> Oh, that American hating commie got booze all over I'm me. I'm just trying to stand up for America. Yeah, you hate America? You don't believe me, so you hate America. That's what you're saying to me right now. Okay, good, good. You hate America. That's all. Let's right. get a video. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but yeah, Steve has no credibility with his with Janice Brothers at this point. Um, they still loved him. They're still trying to help him, but. They know that he's kind of a lying piece of shit. <laughs> so a few days later, uh, John, the brother that he called, 
drove, drives out to the courthouse and looks for documents filed for the drunk driving case to learn what really happened. Yeah. Like, he's assuming that it wasn't the story Steve told him. So he sits down on the computer. There are a few holes in that. A few. Like, Swiss like, Did you not get cut open with the bottle smashed on you? No, <laughs> uh, no it just clunked off my head. Yeah. Uh, so he sits down on the computer, puts in his brother-in-law's name, and he finds the court documents about Steve's uh, child custody ruling. Well, if he found out that he had two illegitimate brother-in-laws that he didn't even know about. <laughs> Like, he has brother-in-law. Yeah. But like, I thought I was your brother-in-law, Steve. I made a mistake. <laughs> I had two other brother-in-laws in California. And I love them. So, yeah, you, don't hear, you never hear about the secret brother-in-law. Yeah, the illegitimate. Uh, so, yeah, he sees all this information about the man that, uh, or the woman that Steve had two kids with. Um, the... Documents portrayed a relationship that had gone sour. Uh, the children's mother had filed. Hey, which re- what relationship doesn't go sour? <laughs> the mother, the children's mother had filed for a restraining order against Steve uh, during a dinner with their father once. Uh, her son had called her to pick them up from the restaurant because Steve was being loud and belligerent and slurring his words. Uh, when she drove to pick the kids up, she found Steve with a drink on the table and a quarter bottle of pineapple vodka in his car. Her son said, yeah, this has happened before. We just didn't tell you because we didn't want to get Dad in trouble. Um, On weekends, Steve would often take the kids to a hotel. Uh, One Sunday morning, a fire alarm woke the kids up, and Steve was gone. Uh, The the children changed clothes and went outside. Uh, The mother of the kids wrote, yeah, my son stated that this actually happens a lot, too. Uh, Dad will just leave them alone in the hotel. Yeah. Go wherever. Probably score some drugs or booze. Hose. Uh, so, uh, yeah, so Scott goes back to Janet and says, hey, did you know that this fucking guy has two kids? You know, and she's yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, I, I know. <laughs> yeah, um, this fucking guy. So, with Scott telling her that, that, that all kind of comes back to her, you know, and everything going around. So, around 5 a.m. that morning, she wakes up with a throbbing pain in her chest, Um she thinks she's having a heart attack, gets Steve to drive her to the emergency room. Her blood pressure and heart rate had skyrocketed. Uh, she goes gets an MRI and a bunch of tests. Didn't have a heart attack. It was just a major panic attack. Uh, pan- yeah, but now they have all of these bills for the emergency room. Yeah. So now there's more money they don't have. Thanks a lot, Brenda. Because they don't have medical insurance. And what's your name, Barbara? Janet. Janet. Uh, God, I was close. I was circling it. circling it. <laughs> Uh, so he actually, you know, she sees for the first time in a long time, Steve kind of like looks defeated. Yeah. Uh, he, you know, he says to her like while she's in her hospital bed, I can't believe this. I thought I'd always be able to handle everything. So it was the first time that she'd really seen him kind of give He's it. kind of rock bottoming a little bit. It sounds like a little bit. Yeah. Um, so the next day Janet told Steve that she was hungry and asked him to go to Denny's and bring her back some eggs. Three hours later, he gets back with, <laughs> with, with no food. Um, and he was acting kind of weird. She would later say that she, looking back on it, figures that he just didn't actually have the money, like, to go to Denny's again. Like, that's how broke they were. Damn. So, uh, that's the day that he committed his first bank robbery. Oh, you never forget the first one. <laughs> it was at the Chase Bank in Elgin. Elgin, I don't know how you say it. Uh, about two miles from his house. 
you don't really want to commit robbery that close. No, to you don't shit where you eat. <laughs> right. Uh, so for his uh, bank robbery debut, he did try to hide his identity this time. Um, he wore a black sweatshirt with a hood pulled over his head, black sweatpants and green gloves, a paper plate with eye holes cut out. <laughs> I think I may have actually seen... Like a story? Yeah, yeah. maybe. Uh, a fucking paper plate. The bank manager heard someone yelling and walked out of her office to see what was happening. She asked Steve if she could help him. He pulled a gun out. Hey, plate face. <laughs> hey, plate face. Uh, he pulled a gun out, pointed at her head, and began yelling for straps of fifty of fifties. Uh, so he gets ten thousand dollars, ten thousand dollars, about ten thousand dollars. Yeah, from the tellers altogether. Uh, he tells the manager to go walk to the front of the bank and look out the window, where he said that an accomplice would be watching her, so she could, you know, don't move and will call the police because mm-hmm. somebody's watching you. He then runs off. He runs outside, stumbles. Uh, the gun goes off. But it didn't hit anybody. That's so, good. But, you know, real Bumbling, good. stumbling, yes. idiot. So five days later, he's playing in a softball game in an over-60 league in Elk Grove Village. Uh, Man, I'm going to fake my age and go play in a league like that. And just tear. Just and I'll be like, who is this star? <laughs> uh, like, so I'm secretly only 40. What if I did that? They were all still better than me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I get in there all cocky, like, what's up, Grandpa? Yeah, I'm 60. Bald wisdom by it. Yeah. All right. Is there an 80, 80 <laughs> and up? Uh, he had a great game. He drove in five runs, uh, so he went to the bar to celebrate with his teammates. He walked up to old Jack Parker, uh, repaid him the $600 he had borrowed from him. Um, Steve had told his friends, like, oh, yeah, the money I got is because my bank account had been hacked. Oh. So, uh... The bank has straightened it all up, and they got my money back in there for me. Good job, bank. Yeah. So, the same week, Janet noticed that her gun was missing from the drawer of her nightstand. Uh, Steve told her, yeah, I sold that for $800. Uh, the next day, he robbed the U.S. bank 15 miles west of his house on Interstate 90. No disguise this time, no <laughs> gloves to hide his fingerprints, and the photographs. This is the original. Okay. This is where the photographs went out. With the sunglasses. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so police set up surveillance outside his house the day after the robbery because, you know, his entire family turned him in and friends. An officer wearing what looked like riot gear stopped Janet, who was walking uh, her dog. Like you said, she has a dog. Yeah. And he said, you know, is your husband home? She told him, I haven't seen him in three days. And the cop's like, well, he robbed a bank. <laughs> so she insists you have to be thinking of someone else. There's yeah. no way Steve robbed a bank. Uh, the cop pulled out a photograph of Steve at the bank with his with the gun out, and she was like, oh, shit, all right, that's Steve. <laughs> so officers, she let them into the home to search for Steve. He wasn't there. Uh, as Janet was being taken to the police station, her phone rang. <clears throat> um, and let me see. It says she could, not, she could have not answered it, could have covered for him, but her husband was out of control. All the lies he had sold so well for so long, his obsession with living up to some larger-than-life version of himself, uh, had tilted completely and dangerously toward a break with reality. Janet still remembered the Steve that threw her the surprise party. Um, she wanted that Steve to see, still be there. 
So she answers the phone. He says, hey, honey, how are you? And she says, not so good. <laughs> he says, hey, I'm in the back of a police car going to the police station. What the fuck is happening? Yeah, they say you robbed the bank, fool. Uh, she then hands the phone to a uh, detective, and Steve hangs up. So at the police station, Janet, uh, you know, she realizes the only way to really help Steve is to get him to come in safely. Um. And she says that Steve actually called her the day before the robbery to tell her that he screwed up again mm. and was trying to fix it. Um, in a recent text message, Steve had told her that he believed he might have a mental disorder, that he didn't recognize himself anymore. Uh, later that day, Scott Hamilton told the detective about Steve's longtime girlfriend. Police drove to her house in Wheaton, where she told them she had last heard from Steve the day before the second robbery. Uh, so then, about nine hours from Chicago in Tunica County, Mississippi, uh, in my crooked letter, crooked letter, I, crooked letter, crooked letter, I, hunchback, hunchback, I. Like so much of America. That's how you spell it. Uh, yeah, Tunica had been pretty hit pretty hard. It was August 31st, 2018. Deputy Sheriff Willis McNeil was parked on the outskirts of town when he noticed a green Pontiac Grand Prix drive past him on U.S. Highway 61. Uh, shortly before one That's that plate face fucker right there! <laughs> really should have worn that, face, that plate face again. The car's license plate was out. The light, yeah. the license plate light was out. So McNeil turns his flash, his on his lights, uh, goes to pull over the car. Uh, he eventually comes up to the car. It's stopped on the side of the road. He calls in the Ohio license plate uh, and gets out of his patrol car and walks up to the car. The window's down. The man inside was motionless and slumped forward with a black pistol in his right hand. So McNeil called oh. paramedics who pronounced Steve Carroll dead of a single ah. He had $3,124 in his wallet, most of it in $100 bills. The license plate had came back stolen. Dang. So he had a stolen license plate on his wife's car. After Steve's death, Janet, numb and reeling, sorted through financial records with help from her brothers. Even knowing what they now knew about Steve... They were stunned at the utter devastation he had wrecked upon the family finances. He hadn't paid taxes in seven years and owed... Wait, are you supposed to pay, pay taxes every year? Yep. Mm-hmm. You got somewhere to be. You should leave the country. <laughs> so he owed $221,000, not counting penalties and interest. Oh, wow. Uh, his 401ks were gone. Oh, wow. Life insurance policies liquidated. Uh, Janet was now in debt for more than $500,000. Damn. After decades of marriage and his many years at the highest reaches of corporate America, where he lived large and chased after the next golden ring, practically the only thing Steve ended up leaving his wife was a death certificate. On it, his occupation is listed as a Lyft driver. Oh. And that story is by Not even the pizza place manager Can't even get that. that to last This story was on medium.com And it was written by Jeff Gottlieb Wow So yeah the way it just plays out To look exactly like a movie Yeah I mean just every step Is like the downfall of a success And this guy not wanting to admit these downfallen Just trying to keep Next, whatever you can do. Yeah, keep just, this, keep the facade yeah. alive. I mean, hey, once you've tasted the riches of unlimited porn, oh yeah, you're not going back. <laughs> you know, can't get back now. If anyone, if somebody would have said, "Hey, Steve, the internet, 
all kinds of porn. Oh, it's all on You might have went, oh. What if, like, you got on a porn site and, like, a timer started? You only had, like, two and a half minutes to do what you needed to do. <laughs> Man, I'd have, like, two minutes of time. To <laughs> I didn't go and fuck with my brain. But, oh, my God, two and a half minutes? How much time do I have? Oh, my God. <laughs> that would be hilarious. Yeah. Or, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I can't imagine a world where, like, they're porn. You have to, like, it's just so crazy to think about, like, back in, when we were younger, like, to download, like, a picture yeah. of a girl. Would take two minutes, yeah, and it'd be like the whole like you'd see it like loading, you see yeah, the, it took the so blurriness long, like, yeah, and it clears yeah, up, okay, and... Okay. yeah. And now it's just like boring, boring. boring. <laughs> yeah. None of these are all very deep. What the fuck? What the fuck am I even doing here? <laughs> uh, but yeah, that was a long one. That was yeah. probably the longest episode we've had in a while. Uh, we are very close to getting five thousand downloads. Cool. Um. You know, I know a lot of podcasts get like five thousand per episode, <laughs> but hey, we're just looking. It, we're we're only out in a race with ourselves. Exactly right. That's you a great know, thing to say. It's just well, there's there's we're it's our book. We're not trying to read it, uh, p- other people's chapters. Right. I mean, yeah. I just did write read a chapter. Oh, you from, did from, from another, another person's person book. Book. I'm gonna smack you again. <laughs> you won't do it. So. That's it for us for now. We'll be back. We don't want to talk about WrestleMania at all? Uh, I mean... Okay, that was our WrestleMania talk. See you next week! Yeah, I'd rather not. (laughs) Bye, everybody.